Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 10 News Conference continues with Providence City Council President Rachel Miller. She was sworn in at the beginning of the month. So, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We have a lot to talk about here. So, I do want to start with Judge Caprio because we were talking about this before the break. Now, he retired after you specifically started asking questions about his show Caught in Providence and whether there was a deal to authorize it. Why did you start asking questions about the show now when this show has been on for 20 years? Sure. So it was actually the media that brought questions to the forefront. Um, in my role, my, my real job as steward of the kind of process and the uh, council was making sure that uh, any use of city resources was happening in a kind of ethical and legal framework. Um, so when those qu questions uh, rose, right, we, we saw it in the Globe, and the Journal, uh, it was really my job to ask those questions, make sure that we had answers to them, and move forward. Did you find anything groundbreaking? No. So really, it was, it was a, a very simple. Uh, what we heard back from the solicitor's office was very simple. It was no agreement you know, between the city and the show currently exists. And also, uh, things have changed since 2015, right? And so the recommendation was that if the show to, was to move forward, that there be an, an updated state ethics opinion. None of this was calling into question the integrity of the judge, his tremendous leadership for the city over the years. And, and I want to be clear about that. It really was uh, me kind of stewarding uh, information finding for the so, council. That being said, Caprio had stated that he wasn't ready to retire, and then he did retire after all these questions were brought up. Um, some people would say that that looks like he was almost pushed out of this position. Did the council have any other issues with the judge other than the questions surrounding his show? No, absolutely not. Like I said, we had, uh, it was not calling into question the integrity of the judge, his leadership, 38 years on the municipal court. And we got to uh, last night celebrate that, right? So we passed a resolution naming um, the courtroom after the judge, and we'll have a ceremony celebrating his leadership. And he is also the first uh, chief emeritus of the Providence Municipal Court, which offers him the opportunity to serve on the bench if he so, cho so choose and continues to honor his leadership and legacy. Did all of this, though, push him to retire? I uh, don't have, you know, I didn't have a conversation with him about retirement. Do you have any um, expectations for the new chief judge, Lombardi? Will he do anything differently than Judge Caprio? I think uh, Chief Judge Lombardi has served the city in a variety of capacities over the years. I think he brings um, a fair, uh, you know, fair, balanced, but also community-based um, leadership to the court. I also want to um, take a moment to recognize that we brought on two other uh, members of the court. One, uh, Dan McKiernan, who uh, continues his service, and the third, uh, Vanessa Crum, who is the very first African-American woman to serve on the municipal court. Right, yeah, we actually just touched on that earlier in the show. Um, so let's move on now to crime in Providence, because earlier this week, an incredibly disturbing incident, a teenager, Kennedy Plaza, 
was stabbed numerous times by another teenager. Are we doing enough right now to keep the downtown area safe, especially Kennedy Plaza, where you have teenagers getting on and off school buses? No, absolutely. And I think uh, one, right, so police moved very swiftly to um, continue to up um, monitoring in Kennedy Plaza. Two, I think the larger issue of public safety is front and center for the Providence Council um, in this term, right? And so we're talking about public safety from a very holistic uh, standpoint, right? Where we're looking at, yes, community policing, yes, are we prioritizing funding for services for a variety of people um, in the city of Providence? And I think that's, that's gonna be front and center in the term. So do you believe that you are prioritizing funding for public safety or do you need to invest more? Um, so for me, it's always a question of are we, is there a path, right? So there's been a lot of talk over the last year. Um, Mayor Smiley's also prioritizing it. And so that's good news, right? The community policing standpoint, right? So what are we doing to get officers back in the community on their feet, knowing people, building relationships? Because that is um, front and center for Providence residents when we talk about it. And then two, are we funding programs that so for example last year we launched a diversion program that was focused on behavioral health right so that first responders um, aren't just um, police or EMT but are also now behavioral health can respond appropriately are not taking away services from other 911 calls so are we it, is that program working right those are the kind of questions that we'll be looking at and how can we expand on that there's also a big shakeup in the city of Providence with public safety. The commissioner and chief are both leaving. What are you looking for in a new chief with crime still being an issue? First, first and foremost, Chief Clements has done an incredible service to the city. There's, I cannot emphasize enough. So the two big things that he brought, and I think the things that I'll be looking for, and I believe other counselors will too, one, um, just solid leadership, right? Like he earned the respect, trust, and faith of his officers. He built the leadership ranks up. He focused on um, bringing new officers in who were, you know, had that kind of community base and trust and faith. And so I think that's important and key. And then two is this community trust, right? Like Chief Clements, um, I loved being on Federal Hill in the summer with Chief Clements because every restaurant owner, right, would, would wave and, and smile. And the same is true with community organizations, right? Um, even if there's a difference of opinion, Chief Clements will sort of sit down and say there's a way, there's a path forward. And so those are two things, those kind of leadership, faith and trust are um, key in looking for a new chief. Right, someone familiar with the community. Um, let's talk about public schools. So enrollment in Providence public schools dropped drastically during the pandemic. We're talking about 3,000 students lost. Right now, the state is providing one-time money to try and close the gap so that districts don't really suffer from this when getting uh, state funding for public schools. That only lasts for two years. Realistically, unless there's this humongous baby boom, which isn't going to happen, I don't think Providence is going to make up those 3,000 students with enrollment losses. So in another three years, this is going to be a big problem. Do you see more school closures? Uh, so when we're talking about education, there are several things that I think um, I and the council and uh, you know also Mayor Smiley have kind of put on the table. So school buildings continues to be a primary issue and some of the school closures that we've seen um, are related specific to buildings. But then we have this other thing, right, that we know that when schools are neighborhood schools, when you're seeing um, an ease of like parent and family interaction in our schools, um, things are overall, that's like a positive trajectory for the student, um, for the family and for the school. And so. For me, it's really gonna be how are we balancing those two things, right? Like, 
how are we centering on a neighborhood base where families can be truly involved? You know, this week we saw um, Kids Count released a statewide report on racial disparity in education, and you know, we're not there, right? We are not at a place where uh, every student in Rhode Island, every student in Providence is getting a fair and equitable education. And so right. you're going off to a different topic though. Could there be more school closures if the enrollment doesn't get up to that 3000 mark? I'm not looking at school closures right now, right? Like I am uh, focused on how we're Should you be there with the 3000 fewer students? And if you don't get up to that in two years, once that one-time funding runs out? So right now um, we are not in local control of our schools. I do not have, um, have asked for it, but don't have total information on where that 3,000 comes from, right? Like I've heard various stories about um, COVID enrollment, people moving, but I actually do need more information to understand that picture and see if it's temporary or if it's a more permanent trajectory. I really don't know the answer to that. So in terms of preparing for local control and um, to return in 2024, I almost said 2014 there, um, we're really focused on how we're setting the table um, to do that in a way that turns back, you know, turns back the tide and, and moves forward to student success for every student. All right, quickly, there is a housing crisis in Providence. Uh, we have the homeless issue. We also have homeowners who are dealing with these crazy property tax increase from the revaluations that were not paused, despite the fact that many cities and towns did decide to pause them for a year because the uh, economy was just not normal. Um, what does the council plan on doing to address both of these issues? We have one minute. Affordability is top of mind for every person who's on council, um, for myself included. There's also this issue around housing stock, right? So as we talk about the housing crisis, um, every winter, even before things were this tight, I would get calls from people who were saying, um, you know, I'm paying my rent $1,800 a month and there's no heat in my apartment, right? So uh, for me, step one and kind of low hanging fruit is making sure that the council is empowering our inspectors to uh, take good care of our housing stock. Um, and then two on development issues um, that we are bringing more houses, housing online and um, ramping up affordability. All right, so it's something that you guys do plan on discussing in the future. Absolutely. Rachel Miller, the president of the Providence City Council, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.